Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill. Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider. Nor-com.com. JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And by MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League show. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks. It's presented as always by Budweiser and UDF. Thank you for joining us and thanks to the folks that have packed the Holy Grail tonight for tonight's Reds Hot Stove League show. We've got a lot to get to today and let's get right after it with Reds President and COO Phil Castellini. Well, have you recovered from your Thanksgiving food coma. Yes, I have. That's good. It's taken three di- the full three days, but I'm back. I'm ready for Reds Fest. That's, that means you did it right, and we do have Reds Fest coming up this weekend, and uh, that's one of those things. I, I tell you what, I think everybody looks forward to it. The weather's pretty cold, and, and it, it just gets you ramped up to think about baseball and warmer weather and uh, a lot to be excited about coming up this season. Yeah, there's no question about it, and, you know, we, we've just come off a great celebration of 150 years of Reds baseball, and I think our, our group did a really nice job honoring that in many ways all season long. And as you know, uh, yes, especially Hall of Fame renovation, and just it was just amazing. So good momentum and, and, and a lot of positive momentum on the field as well. If you could cut that first month of the season out, right. you know, it would have been a much different picture. So we're making uh, continued improvements and changing what David Bell and his coaching staff are doing. And as you know, we're, we're out there very active in the market uh, trying to improve the team. And we have a lot to look forward to both on and off field in 2020. Well, I know you, you, you put in a lot of work to make that 150th anniversary click. And, and at the end of it all, when you look back on the whole thing, was there something that you took specific pride in? All of it. Just, you know, our, our Reds full-time employees, the volunteers, game day staff, everybody just gets it. So anybody else would have looked at what we added to an already busy schedule and maybe been overwhelmed. But 
our group just takes that in stride and has the pride in each of the events that we did to make sure no matter when you engage with the Reds in, in, in 2019, you were a part of that 150 from game use to the, the players in the uniform, the benches all over town, the, the Hall of Fame renovation, changes to the ballpark, uh, the pavilion uh, in the old Rose Garden. It, just, it, it was just awesome the way all of our Reds groups came together, the community fund, the two projects in the community, you know, building that Palace of the Fan facade on, on youth baseball fields. It was just amazing. And, you know, I'm always proud of the work that our group does, but, but this was, you know, more than all-star, more than, you know, civil rights games and, and playoffs and everything else we've done. It was just a real shining moment for the whole franchise for a whole season long, and I, I just couldn't be more proud of our group. Well, franchise drips with history, and it was really a great opportunity to really celebrate that, and it was just a, a fantastic year all the way around. You talked about a lot of game-use merchandise. Uh, some of that will be available, and, and fans can still get some of that, and that will be coming up this weekend as well. They'll have an opportunity to buy some of that that's still available. Yeah, and that's one thing. Besides the entertainment value and the players and the autographs and the main stage programming, and you really get to understand and know these guys on a different level, uh, you know, more personally and, and, and photo ops and everything else, you know, we have provided a lot more opportunities to pick up Christmas gifts and season, you know, tickets for next season and whatnot. So it's a, a lot to do to have fun for all ages. But, uh, you know, we, we've got you covered on the Christmas shopping as well. So just <laughs> Crosstown shootout, Christmas shopping, Reds players. It's going to be pandemonium down there, Tommy. Your first Reds Fest, buddy. I know. Ready I'm for looking this? forward to it. I, I think better I'm ready. better have a good night's sleep this week because <laughs> no you're about to be up for 72 hours. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got experience with that. No, you said the Crosstown Shootout. That is actually for people that are maybe afraid that they might miss that. That will be available. That will be shown on the main stage. So nobody has to worry about missing that. They can still get their baseball fix while enjoying some good college basketball. Yeah, and, and that's been from day one, right? So w Reds Fest existed well before we ever got here it took a two-year break while the convention center was doing an expansion so we brought it back in 06 uh zach bonkowski and i had benchmarked the fan fest at the pittsburgh all-star game that summer and we we're like that's what we want reds fest to be and then we came back and walked the space and we're like holy cow how are we gonna <laughs> fill this whole thing up right so that that really is where the the in indoor field was born because we mimicked that that first year we actually borrowed a bunch of the displays from the actual MLB All-Star game, the giant ball and the map of the minor leagues, and that really helped us get it started. And then once the marketplace and our sponsors kind of saw where we were going with the event, we've, we've added to it and made it bigger and better every year. But that first year, and Rob Butcher's out there, he might be able to remember, but there was some big college sporting event that was going to happen over Reds Fest, and there was a big debate about, oh, is that going to affect attendance? I don't know if it was Ohio State, Michigan. or It was a big deal, and we're right. like, well, then we have to have a sports bar <laughs> at Reds Fest. And so that's where that was born, and so we'll always have you covered. You're never going to have to miss any action. We'll have that covered at Reds Fest as well. Out, outstanding. Look forward to that. And um, you talked about the, the fact that it's a chance for fans to get a, a different perspective on the players. They're all there. They're accessible. You get to meet them actually have a, a brief conversation with you. Uh, to me, from a fan's perspective, that, that means you leave there with stories. Hey, Joey Votto told me this, and, and you just feel like you have a whole different connection to the guys you watch all summer. Yeah, Tucker Barnhart read my kid a story. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, played catch with him, played, you know, we you know, run the bases, he threw BP on the wiffle ball field. I mean, it, you just see the guys in a different light, and that makes a deeper connection. And, and I will tell you, there's two other things that happen, I, I think, that a lot of our fans don't necessarily see. 
the camaraderie that happens in the green room between the veteran players and the minor league guys and our, our starting guys, and then when, when new guys come in, you know, that's all happening, and there's relationship building happening, uh, you know, up in the green room where the players hang out in between their mm -hmm. autograph sessions or main stage or what have you. And, and then the, the other interesting thing is these players start to understand what Reds fandom looks like. Right. And when you see a show like this, this is not a low-budge, you know, uh, kind of uh, Operation less, or, less yeah. than professional show. This right. is as good a fan fest that you will see in any sport, in any game, anywhere in this country. And so when our players, especially new guys or young guys, come up and see that, that, that kind of puts a whole different light on what it means to be a Reds fan and certainly what it means to be a Reds player. And everybody leaves with, I think, a deeper appreciation uh, from both player to player and, and player to fan and vice versa. Still time to get tickets. It's coming up this weekend, of course, Friday and Saturday. It is the Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest presented by PNC. Now, uh, there are going to be some changes at the ballpark that fans can look forward to next season as well. There's some, some things that... that they will notice right away when they walk in there's some new video boards but also some new clubs as well yeah you know we we have a saying at the reds when we see a problem we throw a bar at it and we've <laughs> done that successfully about 29 times i think since 2006 but what we're really doing this year besides the field as well yep. uh and, and 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 scoreboards is um we're kind of making that la one of the last changes that we've contemplated for years but never wanted to mess with and we are going to go ahead and concede um, we, we have some sweet inventory, right, that we sell single game, and so we think we could deploy that in a better way. So we're, what we've elected to do is move the press box down to the third baseline and occupy about three or so suites and then make the press club into a new club that's been sponsored by Boone County uh, Distilling, which is a, a, a new startup local uh, bringing out the uh, history of the oldest and largest brewery in, in Kentucky. And so this is a great brand that's been kind of relaunched in the last few years. So they're going to be the sponsor of the space, a very high-level club, all-inclusive space. And then we're also, as part of that renovation down the third baseline, building out uh, another three suites into one big space that we're going to call the boardroom. It's going to mm -hmm. be a meeting space for business during the day, but then convert to a group space uh, for in-game. Um, and then we've also got Buffalo Wings and Rings coming into the machine room. That's going to be a great partnership and a great new food offering partner there. And then TriHealth has been a great partner for years. And um, we are redoing the whole uh, the, the upper level. So up on the view level, it used to be called Red Lakes Landing, a group space all the way down the uh, first baseline. Just epic views of the river and the riverfront park. Um, and we're turning that into another kind of family fun zone, fan zone type of experience up there another nursing suite uh, we're going to have a um, uh, another suite for special needs kids that have autism and other things where maybe they need to get out of the the crowd and get a yeah. little quiet space and then uh, uh, more fun activities batting cages and and swings and of course there'll be a bar up there for moms and dads but <laughs> gotcha. uh, a lot of a lot of things that are going to be happening on all levels of the ballpark and again every year we want to make sure we improve that fan experience and and do so with with opening up opportunities for new partnerships and, and, and growing partnerships with existing sponsors. So we couldn't do it without them and really excited about what's coming. Of course, all the information you can find on these areas to, to book them will be at Reds.com, and uh, fans can get information on that as they become available as well. Well, Bill, thanks so much for stopping by. We'll get you out of here and uh, appreciate it. We look forward to all the changes coming, and 
the baseball season will be here before we know it. We'll have a good time this weekend at Reds Fest. Go Red Legs. We'll see you at Reds Fest. Red COO and President Phil Castellini joining us. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, and we are coming back with Bobby Nightingale, our writer from the Inquirer. Coming up, this is the Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, and we are live from the Holy Grail Banks, as always, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Talking Reds baseball, taking you to the top of the hour. Still plenty more to talk about. Coming up next week, though, I want to get this out there. On next week's show, we're going to have a bunch of folks here from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, and got to have some prizes for you to win, right? They've got a lot of prizes giving you a chance to win some Hall of Fame merchandise, ballpark tours, some autographed items, and a grand prize. How about this? Two tickets to the Induction Gala. That's the Reds Hall of Fame Induction Gala. <laughs> Fellow by the name of Marty Brenneman going into the Reds Hall of Fame this coming year. So you can uh, get a chance to win tickets to that coming up. That's next week here at the Holy Grail Banks on the Reds Hot Stove League show. So hopefully we'll see you here for that. Uh, come on out and join us and Talk Reds baseball. If you've got some questions you want to bonus, give us a call. 513-749-1360. 513-749-1360. The guy that's co-hosting the rest of the way, and I would love to take your phone calls. Of course, if you have questions here and you're joining us, come on up. We'll let you ask them live on the air. And that fella that's on with me for the rest of the hour, Bobby Nightingale, Reds beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer. How we doing, Bobby? Doing good. It's my that? Hot Stove League debut. So oh, well, congratulations. This yeah, this is big. Are you nervous? Yeah, well, we've well, been on the other side of this. So yeah. Well, it's different on this side. Uh, it's, it's a lot like they say that your first Hot Stove League show is a lot like your first Major League at bat. I mean, it's almost the same adrenaline and all that, so... Hopefully you can get through and, and we'll no survive. No curveballs today. No curveball. We'll just give you fastballs today. Uh, the Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser proud to sponsor the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next show on Wednesday, December 11th, with specials on Bud and Bud Light buckets at the Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. Well, Bobby, uh, we've read all the same things that Reds fans have read over the course of the week. Uh, read a lot of the stuff that you've written about a potential free agent signing as of right now uh, th there's nothing official to report we haven't heard anything from the reds we don't have uh, i've been checking my phone no texts from dick williams or rob butcher so that means nothing officially to pass along at this time about a potential free agent second base signing that uh you know has been reported by multiple outlets however uh it's certainly something, if you're a Reds fan, to get excited about. The prospect that the Reds are following through on their word, and that is being active in the, the free agent market. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Reds fan, this is what you want to see in terms of going all in, in terms of next year, 2020. Mike Moustakis, obviously, is one of the best hitters on the free agent market, probably the best left-handed left hitter on the free agent market. So I think that's a lot to be excited about. Reds fans have seen him with the Brewers the last couple of seasons. So they're familiar with him, and he's a guy who's a proven winner, which I think is something Reds fans should like uh, once it becomes official. Uh, if, if and when that happens, and uh, if it happens in the next 40 minutes, we will relay that along. And uh, if, if that uh, is something that, that we find out about. You talk about that, and, and the fact that 
Yeah, he was primarily a second baseman, or primarily a third baseman, moved to second base with defensive shifts and things of that sort. It really doesn't seem to matter as far as defensive metrics go, especially with the, the positioning that guys are put in now. I mean, it seems like everybody's put in a pretty good position to be successful. Yeah, I mean, you look at, they had Scooter Jeanette out there for the past, you know, two years ago, a little bit last year. He was considered a kind of a negative defender, but he bring the pop he brought to the lineup, especially in the middle of the order. You know, you look how it turned out, especially in this ballpark. Should be one of the top hitting teams, high scoring games. That's kind of what Moustakis does is, you know, maybe he's a little bit better than Scooter Jeanette. That's how he kind of graded out at second base last year defensively. But he's going to bring more pop. And I think that's the most important thing if you're looking at the signing on face values. He's another guy in the middle of the lineup that can hit homers and hit doubles. You talked about the success, and how much does that impact a clubhouse, do you feel? I mean, to me, I think that's an important aspect. When you're looking at guys to bring into, especially a young clubhouse, it seems like teams that are able to find a way to get over the hump, they do that by bringing in somebody that has a winning pedigree. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy in Mike Moustakis that's been to the postseason three of the past five seasons. So, um that's that's something right there that, that that winning pedigree that's the type of thing i think that the reds are looking for at this point to bring somebody in that knows how to win they've been through it uh so that to me is something that's pretty important just having that uh the, that pedigree of knowing how to win and win a championship yeah i mean if you look at Moustakis' old team the kansas city royals when they went on that run in 2014 went to the world series and lost went back the next year in 2015 you know they went out and got johnny cueto they got Edison Volquez for the rotation. Those are guys that have been pitched in the playoffs before, kind of battle-tested. So I, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things where if you want to take the next hump, you need guys who have kind of been there before. If you saw it, you know, in the clubhouse last year, I remember when Christian Colon got called up in September. You know, he, he didn't play a ton in Kansas City. Being a guy who had played in a World Series, you could tell how he commanded right. a, a clubhouse, and he kind of had that instant respect from his teammates. He did, and, and, you know, he saw a lot of similarities between this Reds team and that Royals team that he was a part of, and, and that has to excite you as well. And I think when you're building a championship-caliber team, the hardest part of it's, I don't want to say done, but it is really difficult to put together the rotation like the Reds have. And, and that, to me, is a pretty good starting point when you're looking ahead and looking at filling in some pieces that can get you over the hump it would seem that the hardest part is done with the four guys they've got locked into the rotation right now. Yeah, and they, you don't have to look any further than the World Series, the Houston Astros and Washington Nationals with their starting pitching. They kind of brought it back where it's like, okay, if you have great starting pitching, that can make your bullpen a lot easier. Then you only have to rely on two or three relievers instead of having eight or nine relievers that you have to rely on all season. Well, just so you know, if you're listening to our show today on the radio here locally, uh, we are going to be transitioning uh, over to 16.30 from our flagship station at the bottom of the hour. So in about three minutes, that transition will be taking place. We'll be shifting from our uh, flagship station over to 16.30 here locally in Cincinnati. I want to go to the phone lines. We've got a little bit of time here for Greg in Madeira. Greg, what's up? We don't hear Greg. Oh, now we're back, Greg. What's up, Greg? How you guys doing? Uh, Nothing much. Hey, totally fired up. We got Moustakis. My question for you guys is, we lost out in Zach Wheeler. Do you guys think one or two more big moves will be coming up soon? Uh, thanks for the call, Greg. Appreciate it. Uh, like we said before, the uh, Moustakas deal, nothing official there yet. Um, if we get anything official, we'll pass it along. Nothing from the club. But as far as big moves go, 
Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit coming up. I, I don't think the Reds are done. No, I don't either. At this point, yeah. And you saw, you know, he mentioned Zach Wheeler. He signed a five-year, $118 million contract with the Phillies today, or agreed to terms. And you could sell, you know, from what I was told, the Reds were interested all the way along to the, fu- to the finish line with Zach Wheeler. So that just tells you if they're willing to pay, you know, near $100 million for a pitcher, you know, how can you allocate that elsewhere? And that's going to be the big question. But I do think more moves are on the way. I, I, I misspoke a moment ago, uh, transitioning from our flagship to 1360. My apologies for any of the confusion. We've got more coming up with Bobby Nightingale. This is the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League show from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. With Bobby Nightingale, I'm Tommy Thrall. Get your tickets now for this year's Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest, presented by PNC Bank. Friday and Saturday at the Duke Energy Convention Center. Don't miss two days of fan interaction with current and former Reds players, including autographs and photographs. Plus, enjoy some live music, interactive games for all ages, and plenty more. Tickets are on sale at Reds.com slash RedsFest. And, uh, Bobby, before we went to break, got a question from Greg and Madeira. If, uh, if we think that the Reds have more moves coming, I want to get back to that a little bit. We've also got a question here at uh, the Holy Grail. We'll take your questions if you are with us here at the Holy Grail and uh, you want to ask a question, come on up, let us know. If you want to call us, you can do that, 513-749-1360. I just feel like there are more moves for this Reds team to make. I don't don't feel like that it will end, you know, with with maybe one bat. I I just, I, I think they want to get another pitcher. And I think if they can, they'd like to add another starting pitcher to add some depth to that rotation. It, it, very rarely, and we've talked about it before in the show, very rarely do you get through a season with just five starting pitchers. I mean, they were close to doing that last year. The, the, the rotation was remarkably healthy with the exception of the, the injury plague season for Alex Wood. Tyler Malley had a few injuries. Other than that, it, it, pretty healthy. I think they want to add a couple guys in the bullpen. I don't know that it's all going to be done through free agency, though. How how do you feel like the Reds are going to finish piecing things together for next season? Yeah, it's hard to tell free agency versus trades, but I I agree with you that I think that more moves are on the way. Just messaging executives from other teams, they they keep saying, like, the Reds, be cautious what the Reds are doing. Like, once the Moustakas thing went through, you know, it got, got reported. Right. All the executives from other teams were like, that's not the only move they're making. They're kind of hiding in the weeds to do something bigger. And I think you may have seen that with the Zach Wheeler, what they tried to do there. But I also think there's more things they could do. I mean, Marcelo Zunas, a top outfielder. Nicholas Castellanos, another top corner outfielder, if they want to improve the offense that way. I mean, Didi Gregorius is still out there. And then, like you said, I think pitching, they need depth, and that's going to be something that's important. I do agree. Maybe a bullpen arm that hasn't been reported is something they're going to be looking at too what's your feeling do you feel like they need another guy offensively that's maybe more of an on-base guy to to balance out the lineup a little bit more of an average guy maybe not necessarily with the same power prowess as some of the guys that they could have on the the roster next year but maybe somebody that that has a little higher on-base number strikes out a little less i think that'd be the goal the ideal is get a guy that better at on base i think yasmani grandal the catcher would have been the perfect fit for him but I also think you have to have power. They need guys that, if a guy's on first base, you can score him with a double. I don't think they had enough guys that did that last year. I mean, Joey Votto led the team in doubles, and you saw how much his power kind of went down. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of speaks to 
the need that they have to get some more guys that can hit the ball to the wall. All right. Well, we've got a question in-house. Hello, sir. Yes, uh, it's Stephen from Price Hill. Tom, without the other Tom, it's still <laughs> sweet and beautiful. Hey, I know this is your first Reds Fest. Before I get to my question, I, I, you are in for a tremendous treat. I, I've, I've I, been told, I just, yeah, looking it, forward to it. I enjoy the autographs, enjoy the players. It's going to be a great time. Hey, the real issue, you sort of hit it on it with the Rule 5 draft. There are players coming in out of that. They're unsigned, pitching and whatnot. I mean, there was a list of about 20 guys. Out of that, who would you like to see that to be – on our red staff. I think that would be the answer to your question. And like I said, we, I believe there's like one or two from the Cubs, one or two from uh, St. Louis. I don't have their names off the top right. of my head because I'm not a Reds. They're fan. I'm, I'm a Reds fan. Yeah. We lost our guy, which I don't really want to admit, to free agency. <laughs> but you get what I'm getting right. at. And out of that tier of 20 or so uh, hit or uh, pitchers, my goodness, some of those guys, what, what do you think? Thanks for the question. Uh, th- there's, I think the guy that I keep looking at, uh, to me, that, that as far as outfielders and other bats go, I- I'd kind of like thank to you. see. Yeah, thank you. Uh, guy I'd like to look at is, is, you touched on it, Nicholas Castellanos, another bat that is just really intriguing to me. Of course, he fits more into that power mold. Um, but th- to me, that's, that's a guy that I think is, is awfully intriguing. Yeah, and to, to your question, I think, I do think they're going to go for more big names. I don't think it's just going to be guys that got released by other teams. Right. And I think that's where Castellanos kind of fits in. Sure. You saw what he did with the Cubs in half a season where he kind of ignited that whole team and yeah. almost kind of lifted them, lifted them to the playoffs. I, I think Marcelo Zuna is also – he kind of fits that same mold, a power-type bat. You saw the competitiveness he had in the playoffs. He was a tough out. So I, I think there's big names besides Moustakis that they're going to look at and try and go after. When you look at the defense, when you look at upgrading the offense, and, and the Reds were not a great defending team last year, is that a concern, especially when you look at somebody like Osuna? I think it is, and Castellanos probably fits that same mold where they're not great defenders. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of working with, I mean, Mike Moustakis to improve the lineup, you're going to have to put him at second base, a position he's played for, 40, he's made 40 starts in his career at second base. And, you know, it's not a perfect fit, but it's one of those where you feel okay about it just because – you know, the, how much they help the lineup, I think, kind of outweighs the defensive concerns just because you're that confident in your pitching, too, that you can get a lot of strikeouts and get a lot of outs that way. Other news to discuss coming up a little bit later on in the show. If you've got a question for us, come on up. Ask it if you're here with us at the Holy Grail Banks or call us 513-749-1360. 513-749-1360. Bobby and I will be back, and we'll talk more Reds baseball this it's the Reds Hot Stove League show from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back. We are at the Holy Grail Banks. It's the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Hey, the Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale now, starting at only $40. This year's gift pack includes four ticket credits, good toward any combination of games next season, and an exclusive Buddy the Elf bobblehead. That, I think, is a must-have for your bobblehead collection. Just personally, I think so. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at Reds at the uh, Reds Kiosk. It's located in the Kenwood Town Center or at Reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions may apply. We've got a question from the audience here today at uh, the Holy Grail. How you doing today? 
I'm doing well. Thanks, Tommy and Bobby. Appreciate you guys having us. My name is Max. I got a question yep. along the same lines of off-season moves. Okay. We talked a little bit about Mike Moustakis and a few of these new acquisitions. In terms of the next biggest step for an acquisition, what would you consider the biggest concern for the Reds, catcher or the bullpen? Thanks for the question, Max. I, to me, I don't, I don't feel like the, the – Catching is necessarily a big question mark for this team. I think they've got to be pretty happy with what they have at catcher. Um, I think Tucker Barnhart, uh, you know, offensively, I, no, he's not a standout. He's, he's got a gold glove under his belt. He's a good defensive catcher. I think Kurt Casale, the two of them, I think that makes for a nice duo at, at catcher. Maybe you'd want a little more offensive production. Tucker was tweaking some things last season and i'm really curious to see how those pay off for him this year for me i one of the big question marks uh i think is is kind of the bullpen i want to see that shored up now that the the bullpen usually doesn't get done those deals now you've seen a couple moves made a lot of that doesn't get done until later in the off season those kind of guys are, are a lot of times the last to sign piecing that together uh i would say rotation depth which we talked about a little bit but I, I think the bullpen, to me, just because of how frequently they're used, you've got to be able I, – I don't know that the offense the, – the, as much as they struggled offensively last year, I don't know that that will continue again this year. I, I think I've got to believe even if they had the same guys in place, they'd score more runs than they did last year. Uh, so I just like to see the, the, when you get a lead, just be able to hold it and, and keep guys from getting worn down and maybe have a little bit more of a mix to, to be able to go to in the bullpen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Randall would have been a perfect upgrade at yes. catcher if a guy I think could he do like been. that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like Tucker Barnhart had a good second half. If you look at the numbers, they kind of matched up what Randall did. Now the big question is, can he do that for a full season instead of just half a season? Uh, but you know, maybe that's not a strength. But I think if you add someone to the bullpen, look how many one-run losses they had last yeah. year. Look at or I saw Iglesias had 12 losses, which was the most by a reliever. And I think some of it was part of him not being in comfortable situations. But you had one more arm that's kind of the back-end type. Yeah. Give you, like, another left-hander. So then you have Amir Garrett, Michael Lorenzen, Rysel Iglesias, one more big guy, and maybe Robert Stevenson. You know, that's something to build around Yeah. if you had one more big bullpen piece. So I think that makes a bigger impact than right now. I just don't see many options at catcher that have the same impact as if you had a really good reliever. I love to see teams build to win in the postseason, not just to get to the postseason. I think there is a formula there. I think there's a lot of thinking in baseball, and conventional wisdom is you get to the postseason, and then it's just kind of a crapshoot. Well, I believe the teams that win in the postseason are teams that can execute just the little things offensively. Don't give away outs offensively. You don't necessarily have to be a great hitting team. Just just don't give away outs. And then teams that, that have a strong bullpen and a couple of good starters to go with it. That Those teams seem to be the teams that win in the postseason. The Reds seem to have a lot of those pieces right now in place. Now it's just trying to put it together, get it over the hump, and, and see where you go from there. I, I think there is still a need or a desire and a want for another big bat, though, without question. Yeah, and if it came at catcher, I think that would have been that would have been a great nice. spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I understand that because then maybe you open up those guys to, to possibly being trade pieces, um, and then who knows what you get in return from that. But Grandall went elsewhere. But, yeah, that I mean, not many guys like that come around very often, exactly. which is understandable yeah. why the Reds were so high on him and so interested in him. Uh, one thing, we were talking about defense a little bit earlier, 
Um, Nick Senzel, it, it would seem to reason, will probably still be in center field uh, when the season begins next year. That, to me, is a guy that I think, you know, you may hear, well, there's talk of him moving back to second, which would improve the defense. I just think another year in the big leagues is going to help him improve defensively. I, I, I don't know that I have the same fears of him playing center field over the long haul that maybe other people might just because he is such a good athlete. I think he's just going to continue to get better. I like him in center field. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it this time last year, he'd only played in, you know, practice setting in yeah. the instructional league and now in center field. You know, in spring training, the first night game was the first time he had ever played under the lights in the outfield in his entire life. You know, he had a long way to go, and he played kind of league average defensively, which I think is an accomplishment for him, saying if you're an average defender in your first year there, right. you know, there's room to improve. And I, I, I think people are down on him just because of the way he he, he did have some injuries. Yeah. There are some concerns with the way he's been hurt the past couple of years. Uh, but he is a guy who the first half he was up in the big leagues. He had a lot of success at the plate. And he is, you know, a solid defender. Well, we've got uh, more to talk about coming up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League show from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. More to come as we wrap things up with Bobby Nightingale on uh, the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back live to the Holy Grail Banks. This is the Reds Hot Stove League show presented by Budweiser and UDF. Reds fans now have the opportunity to be a lasting part of this season's 150th anniversary celebration by securing a personalized brick. Each brick is inscribed with a personal message plus the opportunity to include the 150th logo. All orders placed by December 4th will receive a certificate of recognition in time for the holiday purchase today at Reds150Bricks.com. And we're chatting with Bobby Nightingale. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for being with us, whether here at the Holy Grail or on the radio as well. And we've got a question from the audience. How we doing, sir? Hi, um, I'm Zach. You guys do a great job. Thanks, Zach. Um, just curious, after uh, Joey Votto's kind of slow last year, what do you guys think that we can expect from him this year? Uh, him being obviously one of the hardest workers on the team. Um, and coming off that year like you had last year, what do you guys expect? Yeah, thanks for the question. I, it, personally, I, it, I haven't been around him certainly as long as, as well you have or a lot of other people that, that cover this team and that follow this team on a daily basis, but you're right. I mean, he is he's a hardworking guy. If there's anybody that is not going to tolerate having a down year, it would be him. I think he'll do everything in his power that he's able to do to, to get better, and I think – of guys that are capable of, of trying to get back to, to what he is or what he was. Uh, he's the type of guy that knows how to do that. Is he physically able to do that now is the question. Now, I don't think you're going to see an MVP caliber Joey Votto anymore, but I think you'll see an improved Votto over what you saw last year. I just can't believe that he'll have – I think he's too good of a player. I think he's too good of a hitter to have years like that back-to-back. -back. We'll see an improvement. I just don't know how much you can improve at that point. In, in a career. Yeah, it's been two years in a row where he hasn't played at, you know, the Joey Votto that everybody knows. I agree with you. I don't think the MVP days are, you know, I think they're probably out of the question from this point forward. But I also think you saw in the second half, he changed his entire swing. He went back to what he did kind of in his early, early part of his career. And I think that was kind of encouraging to him was seeing some success. He had more power that way. I think in his eyes, he just felt like he wasn't having, he didn't have enough power 
and if he didn't have enough power, pitchers didn't have to pitch to him like they did in the past, where they didn't have to walk him because they weren't afraid of him and he had a single. So I think if you see a little bit more power, I think you'll see probably he'll hit the weight room a little bit this offseason, be a little bit stronger. So I think maybe you'll see his power go up, and if that goes up, I think you'll see his walks and on-base percentage kind of get to where they have been throughout his career, which it's not an MVP level, but it's better than what it was last year. Well, we haven't talked much about the winter meetings. Of course, those will get cranked up next week, and uh, you'll be down there. You've, been, you, you've had a pretty well-traveled offseason already. You were at the GM meetings. Now you're headed to the winter meetings. Uh, wh- what are you looking for when you're there in San Diego next week? I mean, mostly it's a chance to talk to a lot of his executives. David Bell will be there to get to talk to him for a day. You know, you always hope that there's moves made. Usually there's not as much as we'd like there to be. But last year they did make the Tanner Roark trade on the final day of the winter meetings, which made our jobs a little bit easier in terms of uh, writers that are writing every day from there. But, you know, it seems like free agency is moving a little bit faster than it has in the past. You saw Zach Wheeler sign today. Cole Hamill signed with the Atlanta Braves today. You've seen, like, the Osmonte Grandals. Mike Moustakis is getting close. I mean, you you see a lot of this where teams are making – they're bidding on guys they want a little bit more than they have in the past. I feel like the winter meetings, it's more geared towards trades, too, a little bit. Yeah, that helps, you know, executives, when you don't, when you have to see them face-to-face yeah. three days in a row, you know, it usually spurs a little <laughs> bit of activity. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the uh, Reds have going on at the winter meetings. And, uh, Bobby, it's been fun. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Inquirer. You can read all his stuff there. Covers the Reds. Does a great job doing it. Big thanks to Mike Mills keeping us in line here at the Holy Grail. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to you for showing up here at the Holy Grail Banks. I'm Tommy Thrall. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. We'll see you next week on the Reds Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.